and uh, we got to partake in that. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Philippians chapter 3. The title of my message today is Resurrection Power. And there's a particular verse that sticks out to me in this chapter that I want to emphasize for us today and also unpack the reality of what it means to have the resurrection power in your life. Jesus rose from the dead. And that gives us the opportunity to have new life, a life that is set free from sin. And sometimes we can hoot and holler and celebrate on Resurrection Sunday, but for every day of the year, this has implications. This has great power. And I want to focus in on that power here today. Before we read from the Scriptures, I believe this is God's Word. God speaks to us through His Word. And so we're going to pray here in a moment and just ask the Lord to speak to us. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this Resurrection Sunday, as we reflect and remember that great day in history, which you rose from the dead. And Father, as we lean in right now to hear your word, I pray, Father, that you would speak powerfully into each of our lives. Lord, please quiet this place in the spiritual realm and help us to to hear from you the many distractions of life, the things possibly even today, good things, might keep us from hearing a word from you. So I pray, Lord, you just settle our hearts right now in worship as we read the word together. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Philippians chapter 3. This was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, I want to just tell you this so that you understand the kind of guy that he was. This was a man that was persecuting Christians, people who believed in Jesus. He was there giving his approval to their beating, their torture, and even one disciple's death, if you know the story of Stephen. And God encounters Paul on this road to Damascus, and he knocks him off his donkey and blinds him. And Christ says, why are you persecuting me? And Saul goes through this transformation, and this man becomes a believer in Jesus Christ himself. The power of the resurrection touches him. And this man who once persecuted Christians would go on to write over half the New Testament. That's pretty crazy to think about. But as we dial into this, these are words of Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit as he writes about all the credentials that he had in life, all the things that he had going for them. He counted it all nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ and his resurrection power. So starting in verse 1, Paul says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence 
in the flesh also. Now he's going to kind of walk through his resume and what he was to the religious crowd. He says, if anyone else thinks he's got reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, and as to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He encounters the risen Savior Jesus, and it changes his life. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Now here is the verse we're going to really focus in on. In verse 10 it says, that I may know Him, that is Christ, and know the power of His resurrection, and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Verse 10 resonated with me this week in preparation for Easter Sunday. Paul says, I would know Christ, and I also want to know the power of, of his resurrection. And that word know is the deepest sense of the word know. Think of the person you know the closest, the, the person you know the best. And Paul is saying, just like that word know, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to see it at work in my life. And I want to break that down into a few points and understanding the reality of the resurrection and what that means for all of us. It's not just that we get saved, but there's more to it. There's more application in our life. That's the groundwork. And I want to start with the groundwork. Understanding, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I've delivered to you as of first importance. Here's what you need to know. I've got a whole book of things here I'm writing to the Corinthian church. But here's what you need to know as first importance. He says, Christ died for our sin. He was buried. And then He was raised to life on the third day. This is the foundation for which our life begins and moves and, and carries on. Romans 1.4, the Bible says that through the Holy Spirit... Jesus was appointed the Son of God in power by His resurrection. Not only did Christ come back to life, but it proves that He is truly the Son of God. Pastor Lance mentioned in the service this morning that He wasn't just another prophet. He wasn't just a teacher. He was the Son of God, and His resurrection proves that. He proved that. And that's the groundwork. 
So the power of the resurrection happened for Jesus on that Easter morning, and then you translate that now into our life a couple thousand years later. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for you personally? What's the application of Jesus' resurrection? Is this significant for you? For a few of you? Yeah, a few of you. Jesus' resurrection is a huge deal. And it starts with new life. New life in Jesus Christ. That's my first point of application. In Romans 10.9, perhaps you've heard this verse before, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God, what? Raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. So the first point of application is the resurrection brings new life. The Scripture is clear that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But when Christ came, He paid the penalty and the price for sin once for all. And then He proves that that payment was paid in full through His resurrection. And you and I, we can respond to that. And if we believe in our heart that God truly raised Christ from the dead, you'll be saved. It starts with that belief. John 11 Jesus is at Lazarus's tomb. And Mary and Martha are being consoled by Jesus. And He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, whoever believes in Me, though they die, yet they'll still live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. And then He asks what I think could be one of the most important questions in all the Bible. He says, do you believe this? Because that's where new life is found. Whether or not you truly believe this. And not just a, yeah, I believe Jesus is real. I mean, I, I think He existed. I mean, the Scriptures say even the demons believe that Jesus is real and they shudder. Are demons going to heaven? No. Yeah, hallelujah to that. We don't want demons there. But in the midst of this, we understand that it's a trust. We put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection, that we have salvation. 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only way we can have new life is because Jesus rose from the dead. Now, if you're a believer, you can maybe think back to that moment in your life when you encountered Christ and you became born again. Think what your life would be like if it wasn't for Jesus' resurrection. Where would we be? What would be the things that we'd be stuck in? A world filled without hope, but the resurrection brings hope. In Romans 6, 4, the Scriptures talk about walking. Walking in this newness of life. So some people, they are in it with Jesus simply 
for going to heaven. And I'm all for going to heaven. How many of you are excited about heaven? Okay, we'll get to heaven in a minute. That's a part of this message, okay? But sometimes we miss out on the fact that Jesus' resurrection brings life right here and right now. And Jesus himself said that the enemy, Satan, he comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come so that people may have life and have it more abundant. And so the second application point of the resurrection is that you and I can have abundant life. We don't have to walk around in defeat. Christ won the victory. He has all authority. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That authority can be in your life. Not just to save you from your sins, but to walk each day in victory. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and fill you with peace in believing. So as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you now have access to supernatural peace and joy. You're going to walk through some of the same things that people around you walk through, but there's going to be a difference because you have the joy and the peace of the living Savior in your life. It should make a difference. It goes on to say, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the same Spirit who rose Christ from the dead, so by that same Spirit you may abound in hope. We have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now I want to take a moment here to talk about this abundant life and how it even kind of impacts us when we go through difficult times. How many of you have ever gone through a trial or a difficulty before? Okay, a few of you. All right, some of you, just give it a few weeks, right? You'll learn that these things happen to everyone. Now, abundant life does not mean that there's an absence of suffering. Think about this. Christ suffered so that we could have abundant life. And even His followers, they had access to abundant life. But guess what? A lot of His followers, they were beaten or mistreated Flogged, they were in prison. In fact, Paul wrote this very passage of Philippians while he was in prison. So, our circumstances aren't always going to be rosy, but yet, in the midst of those circumstances, God brings us abundant life. These followers of Christ, not only were they imprisoned, but some were tortured and even killed. So, abundant life coexists even while we live in this sin-cursed world where there is pain and there is suffering. Romans 8.11 says that the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead and He dwells in you. That means resurrection power is living on the inside. 
And so that means as I walk through these circumstances in life that are not always so rosy, the resurrection power helps me to put one foot in front of the other. And even, dare I say, watch God do some miracles as I pray over these circumstances. Paul says later in Romans 8, he considers his present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That Holy Spirit that lives in us helps us to walk each day. And in Philippians 3, verse 10, I talk about wanting to know Christ and His resurrection. But then he goes on to say, and I also want to share in His sufferings. How many of us sign up for that? We, we are all for the power of the resurrection, right? But as soon as I say, but also let's, let's share in His sufferings. That can be a harder one to swallow. So to share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, I want to just walk through that here for a second. I think that gives us a greater comfort when we walk through difficult times, knowing that Christ has walked that road of suffering, even deeper suffering than we would. He, here's a guy who was betrayed, tortured, spit on, his flesh ripped apart by whips. Then he's carrying this cross, and there he's hanging on this cross for hours, and really the way they would die would be by suffocation because of the way they were hanging. You talk about a rough road... Christ walked that road for us. And in the midst of that, as He's being betrayed and wrongfully betrayed, He didn't do anything wrong. And yet He walks through that suffering for us. Therefore, whenever we go through difficult times, we don't have a high priest that can't relate with us. He goes, I've walked the road of suffering. I know what it's like to be in a difficult situation. And so we can share in that, and that gives us great encouragement. But one other aspect of sharing in Christ's suffering through His death is to understand that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we come to Him by grace, through faith, and we die to ourselves and to sin. Now, I don't know about you, but that can be a really hard thing to do can be difficult. There's even some suffering involved in that. How many of you like to do what you want to do? How many are with me on that? Okay? And so God comes and says, it's not about you anymore. It's about me and my kingdom and salvation. And so there's things you've got to let go. Just as Christ would have let go of those things because He was a servant. And the Scriptures say that we are to have the same attitude as Christ and become like a servant just as He did. There's some suffering involved in that. We're people that are filled with pride. And we have our agenda and things we want to do. But Christ says you can put all that down and follow Me. There's some suffering with that. 
but it's worth it. It's worth it. So that same passage that talked about the Spirit living in us, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it also says that that Spirit will give life, give life to our mortal bodies. So even if we walk through things in the abundant life that Christ brings, we still live in a world that has the presence of sin. We're in a sin-cursed world because of the fall. And through Christ's resurrection, you and I, we have hope. The third application point here is this. Christ brings eternal life. There's a day coming where you and I will no longer have to live in the presence of sin. God's going to make all things new for His followers. Jesus said in John 14, verse 9, Because I live, you also will live. 1 Corinthians 6.14, it says that God raised Christ and He's also going to raise us up by His power. That means there's coming a day where I'm going to have a new body in a place where there is no more sin, disease, decay, aches, pains. Anybody with me on that, right? Cancer, gone, right? All that stuff that we walk through on a consistent basis, there's no COVID in heaven. All of it, gone. There's a day where we're going to receive our resurrected body and we're not going to be in the presence of sin anymore. That all comes to us, guys, because Jesus rose from the dead. It's a huge deal. We go back to that moment where Jesus was at Lazarus' tomb. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That means there's going to be a point in my life when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to take up residence in me. And I'm nothing special. That is an application for anybody that's listening right now. You put your faith and trust in Jesus and the Spirit comes to live in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you when you receive salvation. And so with that in mind, to think about the fact that whoever lives and believes in me shall never die, when you receive the Holy Spirit and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in Christ, as it says in the Scriptures, there's coming a point where all of us will take our last breath here on this earth. And if you're in Christ, the moment you take your last breath on this earth, your next breath is in His presence. Made possible because of the resurrection of Jesus. So the resurrection brings great application for all of us. New life in Christ. If you've not received that new life, I'm telling you, that's the starting point to the application. You can walk through this life you're going to get defeated by all kinds of things. To live the abundant life that Jesus talked about, it starts with a relationship with Him. 
coming before Him and asking for Him to come into your life. You receive new life, then you walk in that abundant life, and then understand that you have the hope of eternal life. The resurrection has implications for us, not only the 2,000 years ago, but for us here today as people I'm trusting in a moment are going to pray with me to receive that new life. But if you've already received that new life, remember that you walk in abundant life. Stop allowing the enemy to defeat you day in and day out. You have the authority of Jesus Christ and His victory in your life. Walk in His abundant life. His resurrection brings that abundance for you. Don't ever forget that. And all of us together, we can look forward to that day where we will get to be in heaven. Again, possible because of the resurrection. I want to know Christ, and I want to know His resurrection. There is a deeper understanding of His resurrection. And I want to give you this prayer that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. You can see Paul over and over again emphasizing that the resurrection means something for us. And it's in the power of the resurrection that God changes lives and God does miraculous things. The resurrection, by the way, is a pretty significant miracle. And that same Christ, the the Scriptures say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just as He did miracles in the Old Testament, just as He did miracles when He was walking here on this planet in His three and a half year ministry with His disciples, and the miracle of Calvary, the miracle of the resurrection, the miracle of salvation in people's lives. But I also know this, that just as Jesus is alive, that means that there's miracles He's doing all around us. My last question to us Is there anyone in this place today that's listening that's in need of a miracle? Is there something on your heart that you've maybe been praying about? It seems like that door doesn't seem to be opening. But today, I want to encourage you to keep asking. Because you never know when that miracle is going to take place. These women, they come to this tomb and they see this tomb open. Your first thought is, what did they do with Jesus? You start to rationalize this. Okay, they stole Him. This was our Lord. Where did they go with Him? But then, Jesus appeared. Maybe they were a little shocked too. Have you ever had a miracle happen that just kind of shocks you? 
folks, lean into those things. Keep praying for those things. Because the resurrection power is still at work today. Folks, there's people I know in ministry that have prayed for blind individuals and they've received sight. This wasn't just a thing that Jesus did in the Scriptures. He's still doing this today. What miracle are you in need of? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your Son to die in our place to pay the penalty and the price for sin. And that Sunday morning, that Resurrection Sunday, the Spirit of God brought Jesus back to life. And that same Spirit is speaking into our hearts right now. Father, perhaps there's someone listening right now that is not right with you. But Lord, by your grace and your love for them, you're drawing them in by your Spirit, inviting them into a life with you. Whoever might be listening right now that would desire this relationship with Jesus Christ, this gift of salvation, I want to lead you in prayer. And I'd ask that you'd pray with me in your heart as I lead. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that you're the risen King. And I need you in my life. I need this new life that we talked about today. So I ask that you would please save me. Please forgive me of my sin. And send your spirit to live in me. Help me to walk in the newness of life. Help me to know this resurrection power on a deeper level. Help me to walk in victory. Leave behind sin. Move into your direction. Thank you for this gift of new life that I receive today by grace through faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who prayed just now to receive you into their life. This is a gift of salvation. It's a miracle that comes through the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the new life that just took place. Help us all to walk in the abundant life of Jesus, to live in light of his victory and his authority, and to always look forward to that day where we'll get to spend eternity with you. Lord, thank you for what this resurrection power means. 
And as we continue to worship, I pray, Father, you'd continue to move amongst us, speaking into our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.